show number 105 and a half of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. This is a very special week for Trek fans everywhere and for Look at His Butt. It's the week leading up to the premiere of the new Trek movie. We have been blogging like crazy, so please check our blog at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. We're putting up new stuff every day and multiple times in a day. There's a ton of stuff to look at. And this episode is very special. It's an interview with a guy we've wanted to talk to. We've referred to him on the blog many times. It's Mike Sterling, author of Mike Sterling's Progressive Ruin blog. That's progressiveruin.com. He's a comic book retailer, a very prolific blogger, a bon vivant, a man about town, and he's a Trek fan as well. So please listen to this interview with Mike Sterling. This is Captain James T. Kirk commanding the USS Enterprise. Please identify yourself. Well, well, Mike, I'm Jungle Kitty. Hello. And I'm I'm Lena. Hi, Lena. And this is, uh, we're just so happy to have you on our little show. This is very, very exciting. Um, I'm uh, very honored to be here. Thank you for asking me. Okay. Well, um, the way we start off our interviews with everybody that we talk to is to ask them about how they got involved with Star Trek. When did you start watching it? And what do you like about it that makes you a fan, you know, 40 years later? Well, um, I was actually thinking about this earlier today. Oh, good. I suspect you might ask me something like that. (laughs) And... uh, I suppose I'm one of those kids that got sucked in when Star Trek entered syndication in the 70s. You know, I'm at home after school watching TV, and I'm you know, watching Star Trek during its syndicated run. And I'm pretty sure it's how I got sucked in. Plus, they had lots of really cool toys, too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, do you remember, like, um, what was the first episode you saw, or any episode in particular that just, you know, did it for you, or... It's like your seminal Star Trek episode. You know, to be honest, I have watched them all so many times, and it's been so long. It's Star Trek just seems like that it's been something that's always been around. That yeah, it's, always, does. it's always been in my life. It's always something I've always enjoyed. I don't, I cannot remember a specific time when I did not know about Star Trek. I, I mean, I might have been four or five when I started watching, or even younger. I have no idea. Oh my God. Yeah. So now let's talk about the subject that is our favorite, which is, of course, Captain Kirk. <laughs> um, now, on your blog, which we love, the Progressive Ruin blog, you often blog about Captain Kirk and William Shatner also, but mostly about Kirk. Tell us what about Kirk you you like or identify with or think makes him such an iconic character. Well, he's just... Uh going tough guy he always knows the right thing to do the right person to punch so, <laughs> so he's I don't know there, there's something about I mean there's a, there's a lot of uh, you know hay made about Shatner's particular acting style but I can't imagine Kirk any other way I can't imagine Kirk being portrayed in any other fashion than, than Shatner's you know, particular performance mm-hmm. and he, is, he sort of exudes this, this confidence this sort of, you know, to hell with it all, I'm going to do what I want to do, and it's going to be the right thing to do because, hey, I'm me, that uh, Kirk always seems to, to have. And that's interesting because that's, um, we just put something up on the blog today from an article um, from msnbc.com about 
it, it basically says everything we know about Kirk we learned from Shatner. And they're really pointing out what a, you know, what an incredible asset that is to the, the series and everything. And, and that's something that's really going to have to be overcome because he is so larger than life, but yet in this strangely believable way. Right, right. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, beneath the sort of, you know, action, adventure, space, opera aspect of it all, there's there's still sort of a believable humanity to the character that that still, sort of still comes through, even even despite, you know, any of the silliness that goes on or any of the, you know, steamery chewing or whatever else you might, you might get in an occasional Star Trek episode. There's still it still feels like you're watching a real person, a person that you like, that you that you would enjoy being around. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we as as women, of course, when we look at Captain Kirk, we're very into the um, the hotness and the charm that he exudes, along with that you know action decision making thing. And now we've talked to some guys who are really into it too, and they get very much of a. Um, that's the guy that I want to be feeling from Captain Kirk, the way Shatner portrays him. Is that true for you? Do you, do you identify with it or see him as a character that like, wow, if I could be that guy, wouldn't that be cool? I, I think it's, there's an element of admiration to, uh, to the fact that he always seems to know what to do, that he's very confident with his decision-making. And that's, that's a very appealing part of the character that, uh, you know, he, he wavers a bit. He, he thinks about, you know, this is hard decisions he has to make, but once he makes it, he sticks to it. And it, it, I think it's the confidence behind the character that, mm-hmm. that I really, really enjoy. Well, no disagreement. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And we've talked, too, about um, you also seeing him, like you say, he'll stick to the decision. He, he's also willing to uh, to live with the consequences. He, he takes responsibilities for his actions, which is another admirable uh, uh, aspect of the character. Now, so true. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons that we really wanted to talk with you in particular, because you are hilariously funny and fascinating, is that you're kind of on the other side of the fence. You run a comic book store. Um, you sell the crap that we buy. And we as we as consumers talk a lot about all of the stuff that Paramount puts out and all the merchandising and things like that from a consumer point of view. But I think we really wanted to get your take on the stuff that they put out from the seller's point of view. You see those previews, you get those diamond catalogs, and you blog about a lot of that. So what's it like when you're you're dealing with with us <laughs> coming in to buy all this stuff from you? You know, is is that a unique experience? Well. By and large, my my dealing with Star Trek merchandise tends to be limited to the comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see the merchandise in the catalogs. I don't sell a whole lot of the the other merchandise, like the action figures or the other toys. I mean, I have over the years. They, I forget which company is doing it, but they're manufacturing some new eight-inch or six-inch figures of the classic uh, Trek cast. In fact, I think the newest catalog just has a just had a solicitation for a new checkoff that's coming out and we, we carry those there's not a whole it, it's it's nothing unusual i don't have any you know crazy star trek people you know <laughs> the, the you don't hear about on the media 
that you know dress up as Klingons and come in and you know demand uh, demand their Trek figures. But uh, I mean, we we sell them to fans. We have fans who are interested in this sort of thing, so I'm, I'll happily sell it to them. But it's it's nothing difficult to <laughs> to, to do. So you're not going to stock Romulan ale when that comes out? No, I, I'm more amused that it exists than I am about uh, <laughs> about carrying it. Um, um, we have to talk about that because Lena, you know, pointed that one out to me, and you know, it's four bucks. And then I checked because I thought they can't be selling ale, you know, over the internet, and it's non-alcoholic. Yeah, it's so, just an energy drink. Yeah, so they are trying to tell us that this energy drink, this blueberry Kool-Aid, got Kirk loopy enough to fuck up this dinner with the Klingons. Now, that's not the Captain Kirk we know. Well, I think there's some kind of poetic license at work. (laughs) (laughs) Poetic? (laughs) I think you and I think poetic means different things. (laughs) Perhaps. Well, I enough of that in you. Start reciting poems. I I think that what they're intending for people to do is to take the energy drink and mix it with like grain alcohol, and then you would really have <laughs> Romulan ale, don't you think? Well, possibly not recommended usage. No. <laughs> well, so it's Romulan mixer. That's is it. what it is. That's what it is. Right. It's the base Long for Romulan. Sure. It, it should have come in a clear plastic bottle so you could see the blue liquid inside. Yeah. Yeah. It, it shouldn't have come in a can. It should, you, you want to get the Trek fans really to buy it, you want to put it in something that looks like what you saw on the TV show. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, whatever Scotty was pulling out of his, you know, his you know, hidden cabinet where he gets all the hooch. <laughs> Which is his entire quarters, we're led to believe. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Um, do you yourself own a lot of Star Trek uh, crap? I'll use the word crap because a lot of it is really crap. Oh, no, that's fair enough. Uh, when I was a kid, I did. I, I had the Enterprise Bridge set for the Mego figures, and I had a Ooh. bunch of the Mego figures. And uh, I had the, the toy tricorder. Mm-hmm. Did it actually tricord or, or anything? It, it was a tape recorder. <laughs> wow. Well, it, it came with the it came with a cassette tape where one side was a Star Trek adventure and the other side was blank, presumably to record your own adventure. Wow, that's pretty good. And it, it made noises and I and it lit up, but yeah, it, all it did was it was just a fancy tricorder with a strap and a flip top on it. And I had I had other Star Trek toys too, but nowadays I don't really have a a whole lot. I have you know my Star Trek comics and I have. Uh, Gee, I, I'm trying to think if I have any action figures anymore or not. I, I really don't think that I do. Mm. I do now. I'm sorry, I'm a lousy Star Trek fan. <laughs> <laughs> so are we. We discover that, you know, when we're on the air, we can't think of names and dates and things like yeah. that, episode numbers. Well, listen. I do have a little Bach Christmas ornament that my mom gave me. Oh, which one? <laughs> uh, just him sitting at his console. Oh. I was. I just read something today that there's three ornaments coming out for this year, and one of them is, um, it's got Kirk and Spock and um, Captain Pike in his little chair. (laughs) And I'm going, oh, that's Mary Ho Ho Ho. And apparently, Kirk and Spock had some conversation that they had in the show, you know, as recording, and then Pike's chair lights up. 
Ooh. That's exciting. And, and hopefully in red and green lights. <laughs> yeah, that's probably how they're covering themselves on the Christmas theme. There's <laughs> the horribly scarred and crippled former ship captain. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> well, listen, I have to tell you guys um, that right before I, I came home from work and I did stuff, I stopped at Burger King and um, I, got yeah. a, I got a kid's meal. And I got a toy in the kids' meal, and the toy. Oh, that's it's a toy! I got, I got the Captain Kirk one, <sighs> right out of the bag. I couldn't believe it. It was the first one, and um, I'm holding it right in front of me now. And it comes in a bag that's marked Star Trek only in theaters, and then at the top it has the recommended ages, which is ages three and up. So I guess it's okay for me to have this. Um, well, yeah, they didn't set a limit. <laughs> And this, I, this is without a doubt the ugliest image of a person. It doesn't look like William Shatner. It doesn't look like Chris Pine. It kind of looks like uh, a Ken doll, but a really surprised Ken doll, like someone's got a gun stuck in his back. Is pretty much the expression on his face. <laughs> and oh, that's what they. Had to- I'm sorry. I was going to say they tend to be a little loose on the likenesses. So. Yeah, um, but it talks, and I'm going to play it for you right now. So this is oh, what okay. it. Okay. This is, this is. I don't know if you guys are going to be able to hear this or not, but um, this is what it sounds like. Can you hear that? <laughs> it yeah, sounds I like cocktail. Wow. It's it's <laughs> really pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Um, what's so, what's it actually saying? It's supposed to be saying Kirk to Enterprise, Enterprise, but it doesn't sound at all like Kirk to Enterprise. Um, so I'll say it's really bad and they got a whole bunch of different things you get. But the, the thing that I really want out of all of them is a communicator that says, beam me up. I want a Burger King Star Trek toy that says, beam me up. <laughs> and it'll probably smell like Burger King for the rest of eternity. Of course. So I'm going to be eating a lot of kids meals at Burger King so I can get that damn communicator. I'm just telling you. That, that's another oh. toy I had as a kid come to think of it was a communicator. It was, it was actually a, a walkie-talkie, so you could tune in or you could listen to, uh, you know, CB radio conversations on the walkie-talkie. Oh. It was very peculiar. <laughs> <laughs> As I recall, it had also had a big metal antenna that you could pull out of it, too, an extending antenna, so that wasn't very Trek-like, but you got to make do with 20th century technology, I suppose. Wow. I've, I've got a, a communicator that... When you flip it open, it, it makes the wrong noise. It makes the noise of a frightened tribble. <laughs> it's really, and, and it wouldn't shut up. We were trying to play with it on the air, and it just kept, you know, tribbling away when we didn't want it to. <laughs> Damn those Trek toys. Really? I, I um, wish I had all that stuff still, though. We have, we have several Mego dolls. We've been collecting them, uh, just the Kirk dolls. So we're going to have an army of Mego Kirk dolls eventually, we think. <laughs> and um, back at you with their little wide eyes. They're gonna um, tour along with the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. <laughs> um, so, Mike, are you going to see the movie this week? I am going to try to go to the movies uh, this week. What I usually do is wait for the weekend traffic to die down and go on Monday. Mm-hmm. We have a local theater in town that only ever seems to be about half full, no matter how popular the movie yeah. is. So. We'll, oh, that's we'll probably, good. Yeah, we'll probably go to that and and uh, enjoy some 
hopefully a good Trek film. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Um, what, yeah, what I your, am too. What are your impressions so far, just from what you've seen, you know, on TV and, and interviews and stuff? Um, and please, please keep in mind that I'm still trying to avoid spoilers. Oh, I've been avoiding them too. I, I mean, okay. I, I've seen the trailers and and the, the still shots of the characters, so I, I don't know a whole lot plot wise. But from what I've seen, it looks it looks fairly exciting. It looks like it'd be a fun science fiction adventure. It's probably just what Trek needs right now to sort of uh, revitalize the franchise. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling the same way, and you know the the buzz from the the showings it's had, like in L.A. and uh, Arkansas or wherever it was, is, is that it is a really good movie, and I I think that's what we need. Yeah, what's interesting is that people I know personally who've been indifferent or outright negative about Star Trek over the years are very excited about this film. And that's oh, that's great. It needs yeah. new audiences to come in and get it because you can't keep depending on the same people who are always going to mm-hmm. watch something just because the Star Trek on it. Well, especially because we're all getting old and we'll eventually die off. <laughs> yes. Yeah, attrition <laughs> through old age. Is exactly. Nice. <laughs> once. I, have to, I have to put a new audience in place. Um, so uh, I, I was just thinking, maybe you can provide our listeners with a recommendation of some good Trek comics if they want to get into that there, I know there are just so many of them and I personally have read very few of them. I have some of the original gold key comics and I I bought one of those collections of the reprints that came out. But um, other than that, I'm not really familiar. So do you have some favorites or others that you would say are good for people who want to start reading them? Well, my particular favorites of the Star Trek comics were the ones published by DC comics in, in the 1980s. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of those have been reprinted recently, like the, the Mirror Universe saga. Um, some of, a lot of Peter David Star Trek comics were from that period. Um, and were they all were they TNG or were they um, TOS? Oh no, they they were original series. Okay. It was it was the these were the Trek comics that came out right after Star Trek II, so they had the. Oh. You know, unfortunate position of not having Spock to kick around in the series, but uh, <laughs> they 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 made do, and they did a really good job of of doing a Trek comic that felt very much like Star Trek, as opposed to the Gold Key series, which you know was kind of all over the map as far as quality goes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I they are reprinting. I think it's Checker Books. I, I could be wrong on that, but I think Checker Books is reprinting a lot of the Star Trek comics from that period, so keep an eye out for those. Uh, currently coming out from IDW, the current license holder for the comics, uh, they have some series that are, again, of sort of varying quality, but, but the Star Trek Countdown miniseries it just completed, which is a prequel to the movie it's about to come uh-huh. out. That was really good. And that should be available in a collected edition at most stores. And uh, of interest uh, regarding the Countdown comic is that it does involve several Next Generation characters as well. Uh huh. I, hmm. I, I think I saw some of that, a couple panels of that on, on one of the um, live journal groups where they post that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's available from iTunes as well, I believe. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, look for that. Download it. Look at it on your iPhone. Yeah, that's really cool. Wow. Yeah, and but, um, uh, yeah, that series. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was gonna say I I thought that um there was supposed to be 
something in this month's Wired magazine that was like a um, maybe it was an excerpt from what you were just talking about. I don't know. Maybe it was no, something... it, yeah, that, that was the... that's what I was thinking. Uh, there was a six-page uh, strip from Paul Pope in Wired magazine that is also a prequel to the movie, and that's sort of a standalone thing. It's more about Spock's life and what have you. Okay, so to be a completist, you really need to have that and the series that just ended as well, right? Yes. Well, Mike, I have to say how much I appreciate you posting um, panels from some of those bad gold key comics. And oh, yeah. uh, the one you've got up there now of a tiny little naked Mr. Scott, I totally agree with you. When I read that, I thought Spock is just going, ha, ha, ha. Because there's no merriment in his expression. No, it's, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a panel for... Your listeners who haven't seen it, it's, it's a panel of a tiny Mr. Scott who had been shrunk down for whatever reason. And he's on the table in front of Kirk and Spock. And both Kirk and Spock are laughing at him. And, yeah, my my, my opinion was that Spock was sort of doing a fake, fakey laugh to sort of fit in with the humans, but probably being totally unconvincing at it. Yeah, and I went and read the, the comments from your readers. And one of them, I don't know if you know this, um, posted a link to a place that gives you the plot of that story. Oh yes, and it's it's really freaky. Yeah, the, a lot of the times people who are working on a Star Trek comic seem to only have sort of a passing familiarity with the, the show. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. Not not always. I mean, they had the, a few good writers on there, but in a lot of cases, as I recall, the artists hadn't even seen the show other than whatever stills they were sent by the studio or by the publisher. So, well, you you got to kind of admire the guts of someone who will steal from Gulliver's Travels and the Iliad. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a bossy move. If you're going to steal, steal big. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Those gold key comics are, are a lot of fun, but yeah, don't don't look to them for any anything resembling you know Star Trek canon. <laughs> okay, fair warning. Yeah, really. Um, so my last question to you is, are you going to buy yourself a bottle of that Tiberius cologne? Wow. <laughs> if he drinks it. enough of that round, you <laughs> he might. That's, that's right. I, I suspect I wouldn't even need to open the bottle. I just, I just have to rub the bottle of Tiberius cologne on my body and that's enough. <laughs> That's a great pull quote, and I think we're going to use that. That That is a, a really good soundbite. I love that. <laughs> yeah, in fact, that's worth using one of my sound effects. <laughs> I love new technology. Oh, that's great. Well, and listen, that'll sweeten the interview. It will. Um, I think we've kept you on the phone long enough babbling about Star Trek with us, but um, we really appreciate it. This is great. Um, we will put this interview up soon, and I'll send you the link to it, and um, you can just tell your readers about it. They might get a kick out of it. Oh, I absolutely will. I'd be happy to do this anytime. Okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll definitely have to do it again, but this is great. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Oh, thank Thanks, you. Mike. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. bye-bye. 